Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Hey, God bless you, everybody. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matt and Stephanie Garrity. And we're founders of River of Heaven Ministries. And we have a threefold vision to rebuild and restore, equip and empower and revive and heal. Through these broadcasts, you're going to be touched, rebuilt and restored, equipped and empowered and revived and healed. And you're going to be functioning like never before as a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. Amen. Great to be with you today for another episode of Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. You know, there are many people these days that want to function on the doom and gloom and, oh, it's going to be terrible and the economy's worse than it's ever been and recessions and, oh no, the sky is falling. But as a people of faith, we cannot be like that. We must be people that are standing and saying, you know what, my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above whatever I can ask, think, dream, or imagine. Have you ever been in a situation where everyone around you had a bad report? Everyone around you seemed like they wanted to talk about how bad things were, how terrible life is. Have you ever been around individuals like that? You know, how does that make you feel? Does that make you feel life is good? Do you gain anything from feeling that way? Do you, you know, does it make your day go any better? I find in scripture that there were many who thought that way. There are many who talked that way, but God called us to be a people of great faith. Matter of fact, there are times in scripture where the Lord says, get away from the people who are full of unbelief. Get away from the naysayers. Even Jesus, God in the flesh, he could not do many miracles in the place where there were naysayers. There was so much unbelief. And basically Jesus was like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. You know, I've been really thinking about during these times, how we're to live as, as men and women of God. Do we have examples in scripture of some people that were going through some times, some difficult times, and yet they prospered? Absolutely we do. And one of the biggest examples of that is Abraham. Uh, Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you, right? All those Sunday school songs about Father Abraham this, and Father Abraham that. But you know, Abraham or Abram, as the Bible identifies him uh, in the beginning portions of scripture in Genesis, was a man that was in an idolatrous household. His father was an idolater. His father worshiped idols. And the Lord spoke to Abraham or Abram really and said to him, if you want things to change in your life, then you need to get out from what you're doing. You need to get out from the bad thinking. You need to get out from the idolatry. You need to get out from the trusting in the sun, moon, and the stars, and all these things that your family worships. And I'm going to reveal myself to you. That's how God starts with Abram here. Genesis chapter 12 says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, 
That's amazing. But notice it is contingent upon him getting out of his former situation. It's him coming out of what was comfortable, what was familiar to him. It was him coming out of idolatry. It was him coming out of everything that he ever knew in order to follow God. And here's the key, by faith. It says in verse 4, Genesis chapter 12, verse 4, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him, his nephew. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan, and Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Morah, and the Canaanites were in the land there. And there the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Now, what's very interesting to me is that during this time, you know, we know in scripture, you know, you study history, these were times, you know, these cultures, these civilizations, they were very rough areas. They were areas that... It needed irrigation systems and things of that nature to bring water in because they were arid climates. There were difficulty growing crops and all these different things. And so they would worship the moon god and the sun god and all these pagan uh, deities that were supposed to bring them good fortune and good luck. And this is what Abraham grew up in. He grew up thinking that if I worship the sun god enough and I worship the moon god enough and I worship the host of heaven, I worship all these things, I'm going to have good fortune, we're going to have good agriculture here, and I'm going to have a good life. But then history records that things were not so good at certain times. And, you know, there were wars, there were problems, there were economies that would rise and fall. For all intents and purposes, you know, we have an understanding that Abram actually lived in the area of Canaan, that he settled in the area of Canaan where the Philistines eventually would come from. The Philistines, the enemies of God later on in scripture, uh, Philistia and uh, Goliath and all that stuff comes later on. But we need to understand that Abram came out of Babylon, basically, Ur of the Chaldees. And then God calls him and he settles in an area going to be called the promised land, but the land of Canaan was full of wickedness. And yet, no matter how bad the economy was, no matter how difficult the circumstances were, no matter what everybody else was doing, Abraham prospered. Abraham prospered. It says here that in verse 10, Genesis chapter 12, verse 10, now there was a famine in the land, just talked about that. And Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there for the famine was severe. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarai, his wife, indeed, I know that you're a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore it will happen when the Egyptians see you that he will say, this is my wife and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake that I may live because of you. So it was when Abram came to Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. 
He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, what have you done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here is your wife. Take her, go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. Later on, it goes, it goes on to say that he also sent goods with him, and there were things that he took out of Egypt. Obviously, Abram is coming out of idolatry. He's learning how to serve the Lord. It said earlier, he built an altar to the Lord. He began to call upon the name of the Lord, but he was not perfect. But nevertheless, even though he wasn't perfect, God still worked with him. He had, it seems like he had an issue with telling the truth here. He only told half the truth about the situation with his, uh, with his wife because he was afraid. He was afraid. He was afraid. He was concerned that, that they would kill him, we just read, because his wife was beautiful. Now, I know that there's a lot of men out there that probably think their wife is beautiful, but man, Abram was really like, wow, man, my wife is, she's so beautiful, man, they'll kill me for her. Here, we need to understand that regardless of what's going on, even if we're not perfect, which none of us is, God will still work with someone who walks according to faith. Abram did what the Lord asked him to do. He got out of his father's house. He came out of idolatry to the best of his ability. He built an altar to the Lord and began to call upon the name of this God that revealed himself to him. And then there's a famine in the land, or there was a famine in the land. And Abram goes down to Egypt, and now he's involved in self-preservation, trying to kind of do it his own way, and that doesn't work. But yet God still blesses him. Look at chapter 13, verse 1. Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock. Not just rich, he was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. Wait a minute, I thought there was a famine in the land. Yeah, there was, but he happened to come to a place where God prospered him, regardless that there was a famine in the land, regardless that there was a failing economy. Regardless of the fact that his family was idolatrous. See, if you will respond in faith to God and do what he's asked you to do, he can prosper you in ways you never thought possible before. And again, it's not all about prosperity. You know, there are times you will struggle. There are times that you will go through difficult situations, but nevertheless, you will overcome because Christ has already overcome. It says, Abram, verse 2, was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai to the place of the altar, which he had made there at first. And there Abram called the name of the Lord. So he went back to the altar. He responded to God revealing, began to reveal himself to, to him by building an altar and then, yeah, he got off the track a little bit, went down to Egypt, tried to kind of work things out his own way, but then he came back to the altar that he had built. We must come back to the altar. Really, we should never depart from the altar, but if we've gotten off track a little bit, if we got into self-preservation during these difficult times, the last two and a half years, COVID-19, I know many of friends I've talked to that went into self-preservation mode. Well, I got to make sure I have enough for my family. I got to make sure I take care of myself. I got to make sure, you know, that, that the church survives, all these different things. But brother, 
uh, sister, we can't live that way. Living in fear is no way to live. And you can't live in faith and in fear at the same time. You got to pick one. So I don't know about you, but I pick faith. Amen. We got to pick faith, especially as leaders. The way we lead people, uh, they're going to follow. If we lead in fear, then the people are going to be full of fear. But if we lead by faith, the people that we lead are going to be full of faith. They're going to be faithful people. And so we see that Abram was rich, that he was very rich, that God prospered him. It says in verse 5, Lot also who went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. The land was not able to support them. There was so much that the land could even hold them, both between him and Lot. They could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. And the Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. And so Abram said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me. Look at the father's heart here. And between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Isn't that God's heart? You know, let there be no strife. There should be no strife between our brothers and sisters. He says to Lot, is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. Or if you take the right, then I'll go to the left. You know, there's a principle here. There's a gem that, you know, although you're moving together, you're moving in strength, God's prospering. Sometimes, you know, God will prune some things off of you. Sometimes people will leave your life. Sometimes people will come into your life. Uh, But the key is that you remain faithful. You remain faithful. If there's any kind of strife that arises, you say, well, I'm not sure what the issue is here. But you know, if you need to move on, then you need to move on. No hard feelings. God bless you. Pray that you prosper. Pray that God blesses you. And they move on, they go their way, you go your way. But you do know that later on, the true father's heart was that when his nephew got in trouble, he went to rescue Lot with the men that Abram trained in his house. It says in verse 10 that Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of the Jordan, and it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go towards Zoar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. See, Abram came from idolatry. He came from wickedness. He came out from that. But Lot never really got completely delivered from that. And so here it says, Here's the key. After Lot had moved on, God said to Abram in verse 14, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For how much of the land? All the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length, its width, for I give it to you. You see, whenever there was a covenant, God always gave territory. God said, here's a covenant and here's the land I'm going to give you. Here's a covenant and here's your inheritance. If you will be a person of covenant and you will walk in faith, you'll walk by faith, you will believe God, God will give you an inheritance. Again, we don't do things like that to get something from God, but God is so good. He's such a good God. When you follow him wholeheartedly, when you reserve nothing to yourself, when you stop self-preservation mode, God will bless you 
What's the Bible say? Exceedingly abundantly above what we could ever ask, think, dream, or imagine. Verse 18, then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are at Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. So he had an altar that he built between Bethel and Ai. We know that the word Bethel means the house of God or the gate of heaven. So it's a picture of him building the altar, which is a picture of the house of God or the church or the gate of heaven, which is what the church should be. It shouldn't just be a place you go. The church is the people and really it should be a gate that connects with heaven. It should be a place where people can encounter God. But then he moves to Hebron and the word Hebron means friendship. It means seat of association. And really Hebron speaks of covenant. David had sons in Hebron. David was first crowned king in Hebron. Okay. So Abram moved his tent after God had spoke to him about, I'm going to give you these things, Abram. And he moved there to Hebron and built an altar to the Lord. So he went from building an altar to the Lord, traveling to staying in a place, resting in a place and being in a place called covenant and building an altar. Said, Lord, I'm going to worship you in a place called covenant. And brother, sister, if you will just worship the Lord in a place called covenant, if you will just be a person, a man or woman of covenant, a man or woman of faith. See, a man or woman of faith is a man or woman of covenant with the Lord. Faith and covenant are married to one another. And so Abram understood that as God began to reveal himself to him, that there is a covenant. There needs to be a covenant. There, there needs to be, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm not going to go to the left, to the right. I try to go my own way in Egypt. That didn't work out. I try to lie. I try to do everything I could. Lord, I'm going to trust you. You know, see, sometimes it takes a process to get us to live by faith, but God is so good. He will allow us and prepare a process for us to bring us to a place where we get back on the path. And then God says to us, how about now? You going to live in faith now? Remember Jonah? Jonah was called by the Lord to go to preach the, the word of God to Nineveh so that they might repent. A whole city, a whole wicked city. And Jonah said, I, basically, I can't stand the Assyrians. I can't stand the Ninevites. Lord, I'm not doing that. And he went the opposite direction. But then God had a process. And the process was, you could try to run as far as you want to go, Jonah, but I'm going to have, have you land on that ship that are going to be in a storm. They're going to throw you overboard. I'm going to prepare a great fish. It's going to swallow you. And it's going to bring you to the place of saying, Lord, I know that your way is the only way. And I'm going to live in faith. And when he began to do that, the Bible says the word of the Lord came to him a second time, a second time. And when the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, he was faithful to obey the word of the Lord. And how many times in scripture, Hebrews 11 is full of it. It's the hall of faith chapter, full of people of faith, by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Moses, by faith, David, by faith, by faith, by faith. All these individuals, countless stories throughout scripture that we have to study and have examples regarding, they were all, many of them, most of them, if not all of them, really were in trying times, difficult times. Some of those prophets were in captivity in Babylon, in Persia, and yet they continued to believe God, just like Abram. They continued to believe God. The Bible says, as we go on in the book of Genesis, it said that God changes Abram's name to Abraham. The word Abram means exalted father, but the word Abraham means father of many nations. 
The irony of that, beloved, is this, that Abram had no natural children up to that point when God changed his name. He spoke to a man that was childless in the natural realm that he would be the father of nations. He would be the father of so many descendants that it would be like the, the sand of the seashore or the stars in the sky. I mean, could you imagine that? And Abram could have said, yeah, okay, Lord. Yeah, right. I don't even have a kid. Are you kidding me? That's not what he said. The Bible says he believed, he believed God and it was accounted him for righteousness. If you will believe God, no matter how dire your straits look, no matter what situation you find yourself in, you will prosper like you've never even understood before. We've just been through a 21-day fast, and the Lord told me recently, he said, son, I want you to start to believe me that even in a situation and circumstances and bad economy and all these different things, that this is going to be the most prosperous year of your life. This is going to be the most prosperous year of the ministry, that this is going to be a, a, a year that starts prosperity that you've never seen before. And again, we're well aware that true riches are in Christ, in Christ alone, but God also wants to prosper his people. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus says, I have come, that you might have life, and that abundantly, even to the overflow. Come on, we don't need food. We are, we are the ones that give food to people. That's what the church should be able to do. We don't need people's money. We are supposed to be the ones that can give money to people to help them. Amen? And so we believe God, and it's going to be a credit to us as righteousness. Somebody say, I believe you, God. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. Hallelujah. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And so I pray that your faith has grown today as you've listened to this, this podcast. I pray for you, brother and sister, that the Lord would increase you to the north, south, east, and west. I pray that just like Abram, that you would believe. Just like Mary, even Mary, who said, Lord, I don't even understand how in the world this is going to happen. But nevertheless, be it done to me according to your word. The, a virgin giving birth to the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who would save the world from their sins. Lord, let us be those that would say, I believe like Abram or like Mary, be it done to me according to thy word. And I just thank you, Lord God, that there are those people rising up in the midst of situations, circumstances that are going to help to guide others into prosperity, help to guide others into a good and open place, a promised land, oh God, because you have abundance for your people in such a time as this, oh God, for such a time as this. Amen. Do you receive that today? And so, God bless you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious unto you. May He lift up His counts upon you. And may He give you His peace, His shalom. Until next time, goodbye. If you'd like to connect with us, you can go to our website at www.riverofheaven.org. River of Heaven Ministries is advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven through various means. In James 1.27, Scripture teaches us to care for the widows and the orphans. We take this seriously and are actively involved in supporting widows and others in need on a monthly basis. Together, we can do more. Additionally, our radio broadcasts and podcasts reach all nations, touching lives worldwide. Daily, new listeners hear the gospel, and through these broadcasts and podcasts, millions have an opportunity to repent, believe, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listeners also learn about 
powerful Tabernacle of David principles through our teaching, encouraging all to worship the Father in spirit and in truth with great passion and purity. Your financial gift of any amount will help us to continue to support those in need and allow us to launch high-quality recorded radio broadcasts, podcasts, and teaching that are available for free to anyone who has internet access. With your prayers and financial support, we will continue to reach millions in our generation and multiply millions in generations to come. Thank you for partnering with us.